Hey there, welcome to Cageless, a conversation podcast about experiential wisdom and personal hope. I'm Jenny Johnson. I'm a writer and I'm asking experts, thought leaders, and my friends to share their knowledge and tools on how they found freedom. Welcome to season one. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Cageless. Today, it's so hot. I don't know if anyone will be looking at this video, but I am a little glistening. I'm a little glowing. I have someone that I am so excited to talk to, but I'm even more excited, I think, for the listener, whoever's listening, for you just to get to listen to us talk. Like, I wish that I could also be you. This woman is someone that I met on the internet on a side of TikTok that I find so much solace and comfort in. It's where I feel safest, and that is on spiritual, mindfulness, helpful, wholeness, that side of TikTok. This is Miss Melissa Romano, also known as Reclaiming Melissa. Hi, Melissa. How are you? I'm I am cold. It's different here on the East Coast, but I'm happy to be here with you. Yes. Um, as I mentioned, Melissa is on the mindfulness side of of TikTok, um, and she has helped so many people reclaim themselves. As her username says, she is a mind body spirit therapist, and her work is something that I have gotten so much good goodness out of. It's like I have my own, you know, therapist and like health journey team. And I'm like, this woman is just like, oh my gosh, she's insane. She's so smart, so helpful. So Melissa, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? If if our listeners were sitting across from you at a coffee shop with a nice warm cup of coffee, how would you how would you put yourself into words? Uh, it's so funny to hear uh someone talking about, oh, so like high intellect and these different phrases, because for many years, I did not think that I was smart. And I do understand now that's because I was in survival mode. My brain was kind of misfiring in different ways. I've had, um, I I say that complex PTSD used to have me. It doesn't have me anymore. Mm. And so to hear that is is so interesting. And I'm learning more and more every day to just accept it. Like I had to actively be like, I'm going to hold that in my heart. Yes, I agree. Um, And I love mind body spirit therapist because it's all encompassing. And I have a hard time with that when people in business situations are like, what's your elevator pitch? I'm like, who's on the elevator? How many floors do we have? Oh my gosh. That's so good. Who is on the elevator? <laughs> like, I don't know, where are they? Like, so I think that speaks a lot to um, one thing that I have realized that I have a great ability ability in is meeting people where they are, and that's why I always say like, who's on the elevator? Because I could start the conversation by you know talking about their physical body, and not even have to delve into the spiritual things. So, yeah, that's. It's it's interesting. I can yeah. a- acquire all of the things that I've learned and and messed up and relearned along the way. Right. To share whoever's in the elevator. Right. Yes. Okay. So if we were starting at floor 1, where did where did Melissa come from? So floor, talking in third person as if yeah, you're not right here. Yeah. No, I love it. <laughs> I can totally get down with this. It's much, it's much easier to learn third party than to actually yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> Like Let's just look in at her. Yes. Um, let's see. My uh, household, I had an interesting family dynamic, a big Italian Catholic family um, where tenderness and vulnerability were not welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I built up defense mechanisms around that because that is certainly me. Like tenderness and vulnerability, I feel like are are my core traits. Like, that might even replace joy if you looked at, uh, you know, like the movie Inside Out in my head. I feel like you would find a specific like tenderness and vulnerability. So coming from a household that did not uh, honor and appreciate that, I built up defense mechanisms, lived uh, until my early 20s. Like, they, are we allowed to cuss on here? Yeah. I love- <laughs> yeah, no, it's my podcast. I get to do, I, we get to do whatever we want. I love it. I lived like a... Like, I didn't give a f- about anything. Like, nothing mm-hmm. bothered me while 
internalizing all of it. And it was burning me up from the inside out. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in my early 20s, I found myself at that point of like, I can't do any of this anymore. So I started at the physical component. Like that was the only thing that I had like verbiage for or, you know, tools to do like, okay, I can start like taking care of myself in this way. And I always say it doesn't matter which one like mind, body, spirit that you start at. It's going to filter into the other. Yeah. So I, Trinitarianism. I, right. And it's like I started on the body and then um, started helping other people because that's, again, my nature. Like I learn it and then I turn around and I'm like, look what I learned. Let me tell you everything I know about it. So I started training people, personal fitness training, and then... I realized like six years deep, I'm making great money and like working in gyms. I'm like, this is bull- <laughs> like, not what I was doing, bulb. but how I worked with people was totally different than what was happening in the gym atmosphere. And, you know, I realized we were doing so much more than working on the body and food. Mm. And I realized that people needed so much more than discussions about body and food, but I didn't know what. So I went to the mind component and I Mm -hmm. learned everything that I possibly could about the mind aspect of it, which only throws you into the spiritual aspect of it. So I've studied uh, an extensive amount of yoga and different kinds of yoga, psychology, yoga therapy, Asian body work. Um, I'm currently studying consciousness and human potential just super i know let's go i know um so now like that's so my late i guess i took you at like floor one and then walked you up to yeah we rode up to floor 20 i guess yeah <laughs> oh my goodness yeah what what you did you made that so beautiful that spark notes right there i'm curious you you use the the wording like boxed in caged in like you were like in this household of like catholicism and like all of these different things when did you when did you recognize that because obviously you're a person of mindfulness now what what came first was it the chicken or the egg were you like i am boxed in and i need to get out or was it looking outside and you're like oh um maybe i'm in in here or like maybe you were already out and you're like i was in there when when would when did that click with you? I definitely yeah, I definitely caged in and I didn't realize it until I was out. It was like that um I feel like where a lot of people look for the breakthrough, like that one point where it's like that was my breakthrough. I think that mine was a lot of tipping points. Mm-hmm. Like I slowly chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. And then all of a sudden it's like, I'm out in the field cageless. Mm -hmm. And I turned around and was like, holy shit, I was in there. Like I was stuck in the confines of that. Um, Yeah. It's, it was more like, I don't know if that's the chicken or the egg, but I, the the chicken, right. So I turned around and looked and I'm like, oh my gosh, I lived in the confines of this small space. Mm. And I didn't realize it until I was out of it. Right. And and when did your interest in, you know, people begin? You know, like you're not working in accounting, you're not you're not working in engineering, you're not working in music, like you are a person who works with people. Where did that spark come from? I think that it was always there. And I I I remember thinking like six or seven years old, I remember thinking like, I want to be famous. Mm -hmm. It it wasn't fame. I realize now that I didn't have the words for it. What I wanted was to reach the most amount of people. And at the time in my six or seven year old mind, you, the only people, you know, that reach a lot of people are people who are famous. Right. So I think it was like a part of my nature or you know, one of, one of my trips on this earth, (laughs) Mm -hmm, okay, that's mm -hmm. what I want to do. And Mm -hmm. I I truly am fascinated, like held captive. That's the only thing I'm held captive by anymore. Like the humans and the mind and body. Yes. What does that look like in your inner relationships? Because obviously you are a coach for mind, body, spirit. You have 
clients, you have people that you work with. I'm sure that you help your friends. <laughs> I'm sure they're like, oh, I have this question about like yoga or psychology. I'm going to text Melissa. I'm sure that she knows. But what about the people that you are closest to? How have the things that you've learned been implemented into those relationships? That is a, it's a fantastic question. So all of the things that I've learned and how they've changed my relationships and I've implemented into my relationships is actually the opposite of what you would think. I think early on, I was trying to implement in a way that I would teach my friends and the people closest to me. And that was not the way. (laughs) Mm. Almost like you were like telling them, but you were needing to like tell yourself and like learn yourself. Ding, ding, ding. So I now the way that they're implemented into my relationships is by living by example. Mm. So I, you know, internalize it and work on myself. And then when I, even in my closest, like, you know, with my, I have a a stepson, a 12 year old stepson, a six year old son, and you know, my partner, and I Mm -hmm. have to kind of pull back when I want to say like, this is right. I see. Cause I, I always say what I can, I can hear what people are not saying. And I can see what they're feeling. And I have to, you know, table that and say, what can I do? Like, what's my part in that? My oxygen mask on first. Right. And then, like, how can I model the behavior that I would like to see in them? So it's interesting that I I don't know. My friends do ask me questions. And if they don't directly ask me, I have gotten much better at saying, like, do you want me to listen or do you want me to talk? Mm, That's a good question, I think, for for all of us to start asking. I think the statistic is, and I might have to be fact-checked on this, but when you're speaking with someone and you like predict or you're like, oh, I know know exactly what they're thinking, you're only correct 30% of the time. Mm -hmm. So like active listening is such a lost art. And it will change your life. And in, in my group, we talk, we call that mind reading. Like we are practicing, mm. it's, a, it's a mind trap. It's something that our minds actually get stuck on. And I think the most important thing about that we miss about that is we hold people in cages when we do that. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, in the spirit of living cageless, you have to go in, we call it the beginner's mind. And that's an attitude of mindfulness, the beginner's mind. So when you go into a conversation with the absence of mind reading, you give people the space to do it differently. Yeah. When you go in with like, I know what they're going to say, but you know what I mean? You're holding them captive to that. You're holding them in a cage. Like this is the only way that we're going, this is how this exchange is going to go. Right. And how do you let people exist? How do you let, not even just exist, how do you let people grow? How do you let yourself grow if you continue to label a situation, label a response continually before the person gets the opportunity to, to even start? Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that we do that with our like present selves into the future of just trying to write your own story and not letting yourself be a student of the universe, God, higher power, which I actually kind of believe that the universe and God, like a higher all-knowing power in the universe are kind of two different things um, because the the butterfly effect and, you know, I like people that, yeah. all have free will. Everyone gets to decide if they cross the street now or in 2.2 seconds. Um, but there's just no growth opportunity if you continue to write write out a script that hasn't been hasn't been the characters aren't ready to get to that page yet right you know right and especially with ourselves how do you implement that into a practice of mindfulness you said what are you learning about right now you said human what was it consciousness and human potential um so (laughs) it's like almost to the point that we i used to think that like my thoughts were based off of my experiences and my thoughts were, I I don't, I'm not even sure how to verbalize what I believed thoughts came from or how, where our conscious minds even started or where we ended, I guess I should say. And now studying like how they kind of float up from your being. 
mm-hmm. the silent awareness is where your thoughts are actually coming from until they like bubble up to the surface. And then we meaning make them right. Like we turn them into whatever meaning that we want. And I think for me, when I realized that I was like, Oh, I, so I can make it mean whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> up for interpretation. Right. And it, I'm not stuck in this. I, I will never, I never have to be the same. I don't have to be the same. 10 minutes from now. And isn't it funny? Yeah. We've always been this way. It's just until someone or a piece of literature or an, a happenstance gives us permission to be like, oh, honey, it's always been this way. It's almost like you can't unsee it. And I'm sure that you felt that here. There, there I go. I'm like, I'm sure that you felt this way as a writer journalist. It's kind of like, okay, yeah, I'll, pre- I'll, I'll try to predict. I'll try to relate. But that's the thing is like, even just now, it's like, I, I wonder, I prompt, when, when did that enlightenment click with you? Was it after you were working with, you know, as a trainer or like going into, because obviously you've accumulated so much success online and with clientele. When did, when did, when were you like, oh, this is a spark that I can go on. Like, this is it. I, I, I can, I can pinpoint many times in my life that I thought, you know, extreme highs and extreme lows, but I still couldn't call them like, that's the point. Like, that's the mm-hmm. moment. It truly mm-hmm. is just like these tipping point procedures like I Mm. kept doing it Mm -hmm. and kept being Mm -hmm. or reopening myself I should say I didn't stay open to all of these concepts the whole time I Mm -hmm. consistently like reopened myself to like okay I'm open to learning like I'm open to changing and growing Mm -hmm. and little by little it's that same experience where I'm like I change so much that it's so subtle and I don't notice it until I'm already on the other side and it's like oh Oh, like, look where I just came from. And I, it honestly, that has helped me more than understanding that concept has helped me keep going because I'm not looking for that. Like, okay, what's that magic piece of information that somebody is going to get me or that I'm going to learn or the practice or the healing modality or the teacher or the doctor. I stopped looking for that thing that's going to change it all because I realized it's all of them. Like me just consistently doing it and consistently showing up instead of that like breakthrough point it's like oh oh like I'm out of the cage and you look back and you're like oh my gosh everything's different like I'll I'll keep putting in the practices and then something will happen in my personal life and I I respond completely differently and I'm like holy it was that yes yes and when when I think that's a huge practice in terms of like growth is just not even the growing part. It's the recognition of yourself growing and being able to say, um, I had a really difficult conversation with some of my, some, some of my friends the other day. And it was, it was the nastiest taste in my mouth because I was like, I am having to practice what I preach in terms of vulnerability in terms of like owning up to my self help isms my and and the thing is is I'm not educated formally in any terms of psychology wellness I, I like I have a film degree and half of a theology degree right like I just I'm super interested in in human in humans and the way that we work and how we can love each other better but having this conversation really brought me back to earth and I was kind of like I'm having a really hard time being vulnerable. And um, this is really difficult for me to be able to say what I needed to say. And then, you know, obviously that was a hard conversation, but I went back to my room and I was like, wow, no self-help book taught you just to own up to that. No self-help book was just like, hey, have integrity. You know what I mean? It's like, no, all you have to do is just own the space that you're existing in, right? That's the fun of all of it. When you said, I, I have no formal education in this, my gut, like guttural instinct was like, good. <laughs> like, You're like, no, I know too much. I cannot unsee or unhear anything. Not even that. Because truthfully, I la- I tell people all the time, I literally had a conversation yesterday, uh, somebody who was asking about certifications and stuff. I'm like, listen, I have spent hundreds of hours and tens of thousands of dollars 
to have someone give me a piece of paper to tell me I know what I already knew. No offense, but unless you're like a doctor or a lawyer, most of your education is probably going to be that way in the formal academic sense right. for the younger ones listening. <laughs> it's like, and, and it was, and I, and I realized, I realized that like that validation piece, right? Like I'm looking for somebody to validate what I know in my bones. Like mm-hmm. I know the stuff that I teach. I have cold shows right now. That's what I know. I'm on it. Like, Yeah. <laughs> I, the, you already I, knew. I knew, like, deep, like deep, deep in my bones, I knew this stuff. And it's like, you know, it's the practice of doing it. And like you said, these books, like, I will share stuff on TikTok and on social media. And people will be like, what book should I read? And I'm like, I just told you it in 30 seconds. Go practice it. Like, yeah. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, I'm an avid reader and learner. I love it. Right, right, right. What you just said, like you intuitively trusting that and you doing the brave thing and practicing it, if you're looking for the magic solution, that's the only one there is. Mm. It's always inside of you. It's always inside of you. And, you know, I will also say this with a grain of salt because there are instances where we are instinctual humans and you should not punch your roommate in the face because you got upset just because you know inside of you that that's what you want to do. Don't do that. So grain of salt. But in terms of relationships, in terms of mindfulness, I do think the more I at least get to like into my own meditation yoga practice, uh, I'm not a person that wants to monetize any sort of that part of myself, right? Like I also really love cooking, but like, Lord knows I'm not going to write a cookbook. But I do think it's so important, and you do such a great job of that online specifically with, with which like the internet is this vast place that we all have access to one another. I just appreciate you like healing loudly and like choosing to share this information with the masses because I believe it is, you know, I probably have quoted her a hundred times on this podcast, but like, you know, Miss Elizabeth Gilbert puts it of like, my understanding is that the health of each person is reliable on the health of another person. Like my health and your health, it's it's all together. We're all in this together, Wildcats. Mm-hmm. This is what this is. I do zero gatekeeping. Zero. Like, we I, are anti-gatekeepers. I will tell it you everything I know. <laughs> <laughs> literally yes. tell you everything i know i'll tell you everything i've tried i'll tell you, like right i will tell you anything and you know i the one thing that i consistently tell every single person that i talk to or work with is the literally the only thing that i know that you don't is that you have all the answers chef's kiss like the, that's you the know. only thing. You know. Like what I can do, right? I have a maybe I've acquired a better vocabulary about it in mm. so many years. And I, yes, I ha- might have more tools that I've acquired. Yeah. But the knowing, you already have it. It's in you. It's in you. And, mm-hmm. you know, into another thing I'm sure you've heard me say before is like if you are looking to people to help, they better be people that are telling you that same thing. Yeah. Like, okay, my yeah. only job is that I'm going to help you figure you out. I'm going to help you yeah. uncover your own answers. Right. And having people, I, I think that at least for my generation, I can speak for it's really, really important and actually really not, it, it, it's not a, a massive thing to have mentorship um, it's not like a very known, uh, or it's it's just not it's just not held held high. It's not it's not a high thing to have is is a mentor. But there is so much freedom and humility and being able to admit there are people that have gone before me that know better than I do. Um, there are people out there that I. Whoever I look up to, I already have that little part in me. They're just a little, they're just a couple steps ahead. You know, like they just entered the world a little bit sooner than I did. And having those people to hold you accountable, having those people to lift you up, having those people to hold your hand and and be like, oh, you know, a good mentor isn't someone who tells you what to do. They're someone that walks with you, that walks beside you and holds your hand and encourages you 
and says, no, you can do it. You can do it. Let's do it. Come on. I'll do it with you. I'll try it with you. It's it's so funny. I have to find it now. Uh, it's funny that you said that because my co-star app. Oh my gosh. I love co-star. I don't know if I still have it on my new phone, but. <laughs> well, I got it. I got, I get some of the, of the notifications and, and today mine said, make today the day you stop trying to be like your idols and start being yourself. Mm. <laughs> and I, I, the one thing that you said that I have to touch on was the accountability. I, I, and I have a question for you. So accountability, I cringe when people use the word accountability, not, mm. not because of accountability itself, but because of our skewed view of this, especially like religious trauma wise. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's a different rabbit hole that yeah, we'd have, we'll have to do a whole other day for that. 2.0. The only way that another human being can hold you accountable is to guilt and shame you for not doing it their way or the way you said you were going to. Mm. There is only self-accountability without guilt and shame. Mm. So like if you are looking to another person to hold you accountable, they can only do that by saying like, you're guilty for not following the rules or not yeah or just like almost like basketballing back you know or what is it i'm not an athletic being dribble uh bounce uh pass pass Pass. (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so it's it's like it's this weird um you know, I, I always tell people, and I, I stole this from Glennon, not stole, I borrowed this from Glennon Doyle. Um, Our matriarch, Glennon Doyle, mm-hmm. we love you. Please, love you. if you're We're ever listening to, be best to this, friends. God, you please come <laughs> to my house. Um, I have a cheetah tattooed on my arm, by the way, that is break, yeah, you that, do. that's created from chains. Um, <laughs> Which I know that there's going to be people that listen to this podcast because... If anyone that listens to it is like you or I or has, you know, the same invisible string in this universe that thinks and feels the things that we do, people are going to be like, oh, she's like Glennon Doyle, like cageless. But here's also the deal. I um, have a, a, a hyper fascination with birds um, and I've called myself a coal mine canary for quite some time. So kind of like a cheetah, same it. C, but it. coal mine canary and and birds, all alliteration. I'm, but cage, I'm down a, for a, a different kind tattoo. of cage. I can make it. I can, yeah, yeah, a different kind of cage, but similar. similar. Anyway, yes, we digress. I, I, I borrowed from her um, being a patient living witness. Mm. And it's like, that is what, you know, when I work with people, I say that up front, like, I, I'm not here to hold you accountable. If you don't do the things that we talked about, you will hear nothing from me other than like, I'm here mm-hmm. for you. <laughs> I can hold space mm-hmm. for that too. Let's find something that does work for you. And the thing that I wanted to ask you, you had said um, people in your, and I don't, how old are you? I'm 26. Okay. Okay. So I'm, I got 10 years on you. So <laughs> thank, thank, I mean, man, if I could be your, actually, I read that the statistic is women are happiest between 65 and 79. Oh, I totally. So get that, yeah. the further I get in, I'm like, <laughs> yep, 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 yep. You're give me all the crow's feet. Give me all. I will take my iron. So my bones a bit, but like, I'm ready to go. I, I do not want to be any younger than I am. You're in a perfect position. And and the, I think the one thing about, about women right now is uh, it's not generational. Like we're all waking up at the same time. Mm. That's one thing I've noticed. Yeah. Good morning. And you had said at the, in your generation, it's not common for like mentorship or to have a mentor or, you know, it's not held mm-hmm. in high regards for that. I I wonder if that doesn't come from self-care culture. It's like that whole go to your room, go take a bath and figure your shit out by yourself, read a self-help book. Like, autonomy. It's all about autonomy. It's so, and, and it's it, like, it's like swinging the pendulum, right? We go from one extreme to the other and it's like, well, holy mm-hmm. shit, how'd you get all the way over there? Like what? in the middle of the boat. Why are you in there by yourself in your bathroom trying to figure your shit out? Like we're designed to w- live and be in community. Yes. And I think especially for women, it's, we are especially strong in that regard, which definitely mm-hmm. makes sense why we were convinced to go to our rooms and figure it out by ourselves. 
Because, I'm, I mean, whatever higher power you do or don't believe in, I don't think that I can think of any decision that I've made that's been astronomically harmful to myself that I've been in good company with. You know what I mean? I'm not going to – I'm probably not – I can't think of, like, like a really good friend of mine. Uh, she's probably not going to let me go, like, rob a bank. You know what I mean? Like, it's so important to have people – you know, your sphere of influence is everything. It's everything. You want these people that that help you grow and help you ask yourself the questions, ask yourself and like self-reflect. But then like also knowing, as you were saying, taking up space as leading by example, you can only, you can only own your life. And that's a really difficult thing, I think, for women because we've been taught that we can control and manipulate and people please, which people pleasing is just lying. I didn't, that's not an original thought. I'm sure that someone I've listened to said that somewhere along the line. But you're just a liar if you're people pleasing, honey. And the biggest lie of all is that you can do this by yourself. No, we, I mean, Adam and Eve, right? No one's no one's here by themselves. We all can use one another to grow and learn. It's just figuring out who you can grow and learn from cuz you don't you probably shouldn't be studying Hitler. No. Am I allowed to say Hitler? I don't know. Mm. I just did. So <laughs> I might have to like make this an explicit episode. You will. It's it's funny. It's like finding that that nice um space in the middle of self-awareness like you definitely always want to be practicing and cultivating self-awareness and Mm -hmm. we grow in community we grow with other people Mm -hmm. i i think my personal opinion is everyone should have a teacher a coach or a therapist at one of them right Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. if i'm not in if i'm not actively studying something and have active teachers then i'm like back in therapy and if i'm not right doing that it's like have a coach because you start picking it you start you start digressing well it's just like why not why would i not want to have that space for myself too and i am a firm believer Mm -hmm. like if you do work with a a teacher coach or therapist ask them if they have one and if they don't probably find somebody else right the therapist therapist you're not doing the work the pastor's pastor yeah it's like that's so good that's true and with a level of self-awareness right like none of those people none of my teachers therapists or coaches have ever been like oh my gosh i have to emulate everything that they do or listen to everything that they say or you know it's like i have my level of self self and self-awareness and Mm -hmm. while honoring you know what someone else has to say and and having that space to to kind of talk it out i i moved past the like going and taking a bubble bath by myself and reading a book and and internalizing everything right because there's only there's only so much you can uh i i heard this quote the other day in in terms because i'm a writer it was about you you something along the lines of if you don't live you can't write you can go read your books and study literature and, you know, edit all that you want, all of your work and your poems. But like you have to go live at some like you have to go practice at some point. You can self-destruct through self-help. Mm. You can self-destruct. You yeah. Well you and you can definitely like bypass yeah. all of it. Like you're bypassing doing the actual work through like self help, right? Like it's it's almost like it's a the magician yeah. trick, right? Like look over here while something else is happening down here. Yeah, like who are you a martyr to your own enlightenment? Like okay, come on, guys, can we not anymore? It's, I'm tired. I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to read any more books on happiness. <laughs> yeah, like is that even my goal anymore? I I realized. Right. You know, to what I said at the beginning, like I, for, for many decades, I thought that I was not smart. I didn't do well in school in like uh, high school and undergrad mm-hmm. originally. And, um, you know, I, I thought that I wasn't smart and just in time for me to realize that I am intelligent, I realized that intellect is not the appropriate vehicle for healing. <laughs> well, you got me there today, babe. You got me there. I feel like I should take a moment of silence for that one. (laughs) 
you you can't you can't out you can't outrun yourself. No, and it, we we read these things and we do you know and it's less doing it's reading and and intellectualizing and you know it's when feel your feelings TikTok and people I feel like I think that I shouldn't say I feel like I think that it is translated in others' minds as think your thoughts like <laughs> feel your feelings means think your thoughts. And, mm. Mm-hmm. And I realized that it's just not, it's not the appropriate vehicle for healing. No. Embodying it, right? You can learn it, but until you embody it, going back to you, having the uncomfortable conversation with your friends, like you can read about boundaries and you can read about uncomfortable conversations and you can mm-hmm. listen to us talk about it because I feel like I'd rather have uncomfortable conversations than small talk at this juncture in my life. But <laughs> if you can listen to other people. You can read the things. You can intellectualize it all you want. But until you embody it, there will not be the healing. You are literally just a, a pretentious ball of knowledge. Yes. Yeah. And, I, and, and, you know, sometimes people glorify that. But I, I don't think that there is any glory in gatekeeping any sort of, any sort of wisdom. No. Because no one, no, you don't, I don't know anyone that has gotten to the end of their life and they're like, I'm so glad that I read all of those books and uh, had all that knowledge and knew everything and didn't love anyone or try or fail or feel anything. I'm so glad that my book collection was uh, color-coded and perfect. And if, and I I've, can't understand the concept of like, I, I don't want to share this information unless someone's paying me for it. Like mm-hmm. there are going to be people that will, will that need to pay you for it. it I mean, mm-hmm. people need people. It's mm-hmm. not who cares. Tell them, right? I feel like they're Tell more them. likely to pay you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, it's like I'm going to give you a right? little. What you know? And what are they in marketing? Like, give them a little taste of champagne and keep them coming back. I'm like, yeah. yeah here's my bottle. Here's the bottle, and also where I bought it, and let me give you a coupon. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Right? So, oh man. Yeah. It's like here. I'll t- I'll, t- I'll tell you where the warehouse is. It's it's interesting to see people know and talk about it. Like and I, to what you know we had touched on this earlier like when you're talking about relationships and and how I add this into relationships and it changes my life. It's like I could and what I I'm sure I did do it many junctures of my life. And what I think happens a lot is people learn this information and then they look to everyone around them and are like, here's what you need to be doing. If you did this, this, and this, I would be better. Mm. Like you become the external expert. We call it that Mm -hmm. in my group too. Like we say the external Mm -hmm. expert, it's where it's like you learn the information and then you tell everyone else like what they need to be doing differently and how they need to emulate it. But you got to embody, you got to embody, you got to practice what you preach. Have you ever been influenced by somebody because they told you? No, absolutely not. They have to tell me a rhyme or a metaphor or I have to watch them do it. I have to watch them, right. It's like you have to, you have to touch on something so deep in me or I have to look at you and be like, I want a little bit of that. Mm, How do I get that? Yes. Like my parents, oh my gosh, they a couple of years ago they used to say I was in a cult. I had like <laughs> what kind of cult? I I I, I was at a, a retreat in Hawaii and um they were I was like somebody had posted a picture or something where we were like playing with uh, oracle cards and like mm. someone saw that on the internet and my you know my mom was like that's a that's like a cult and you know fast forward to I Back then, I would still argue and be like, you guys are crazy. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, the Catholic Church, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm like, you're in the biggest cult in the world. <laughs> Depends on if you look at religion like a cult. It's all, it's all, we like, like I said, another rabbit cult. hole. Culture? Yes, I am cultured. Like culture. The, <laughs> it's like, but, you know, I would argue with them and I'd be like, you need to listen to me and you need to hear me. And it wasn't until... You know, because obviously when I would be around people in my family or or my parents especially, it was like I reverted mm-hmm. back to this angry 19-year-old. And I would mm-hmm. even leave these interactions like, 
where'd you go? Who was that? Yeah. What's going on? And it wasn't until I embodied it mm-hmm. and, and put it into practice, even around them, that they're like, oh, I just, you know, she's really different, like, and mm-hmm. in a good way. Like, well, tell me a little bit about it. You know, and they, mm-hmm. that, that, that piques the curiosity. Like, right. no one will ever change because you're standing at the fence screaming at them to come on your side no No. well i even i think of i can't believe i've gotten this far into the episode without mentioning taylor swift but here we are um and and you know in her in her hit single you need to calm down it's kind of like did like all of those picket signs and you staying up all night to write them and and then screaming at people about being gay or wrong or a feminist or anything that's like different than you change anything? Like shade never made anybody less gay. Right? Just like and even reversely like you know that's like on a hatred side like a but it's just kind of like also I I can take that too like my family and friends and people from, you know, I'm from very small conservative town, um, very caged in, if you will. Also, if anyone's listening to this from my hometown, I said what I said with my chest. Um, nothing, nothing that I could like teach you. I could give you an entire template book checklist. But if I'm like plastering it all over your mirror and not working on it myself, it's probably not going to do anything. You know what I mean? No one, even animals, you know, they've proven that the best way to to potty train a dog is by positive affirmations, not by sticking their nose in the shit. And you know what? Aren't we all kind of animals out here? We're just animals with like really good taste and thumbs. Yeah. We, and we can emote. That's the only difference. We can mm-hmm. actually choose emotion, whereas mm-hmm. all other life forms can only react. Right. With emotion. Right. Right, right, right. It's, uh, I, yeah, I'm from West Virginia. It's very, very white. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a lot of, like, mm-hmm. you know, so I had to, and very, very just, I, I don't know the word for it. There's not, there's very low self-efficacy mm. in this part of the country. And and no desire to have it, right? It's sometimes it's just never in those smaller, it's smaller like, communities. Yeah, it's you when you when you don't see anything differently. And mm. I mean, my gosh, for decades, I thought I have to leave here to change. No, 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 mm. I didn't. It, it was like I I thought I had to change the state that I lived in, and I had to change my state that I was being in. Mm. And when I did that, then I was like, oh, no, I'm needed here. Like, you know, I people, one, will listen because I look like them here. Yeah. Right. So it's like, how can I use that to emulate a behavior? How can I use that to show them? It's, you know, for using the, the cage analogy, like these people are living in a cage. And if I stand out here, like if I'm standing at the door of it right just like screaming Mm -hmm. at them to get out of it they're not going to but if i open the door and show them how lovely it is out here outside of Mm -hmm. the cage like it feels so good they're probably gonna want to come come join yeah yeah Yeah, (laughs) no and and i almost think of like the uh the the metaphor of like an elephant being tied to a chair it's like you don't need to be like screaming at this elephant like i have the scissors at like you can you can just show them like look i'm walking around like i'm i'm good you're good you want to try also if you want to stay i will i haven't said this in any of the episodes yet if you're comfortable in your cage by all means babe you stay like if you are comfortable in your in your shackles i don't want anything different for you like I'm just letting you know I felt suppressed or like I felt limited in whatever that was. And, you know, my hometown, um, my home state, even though I do think so differently now, I have spent time there as an older adult um, outside of high school and college. And and I I have such a fondness for it now, almost in a sense of like, I'm grateful that this was the ground God decided to plant me in at the beginning because now... I, I can like see 
as we were saying, you see in retrospect, like I'm so grateful for all of the hardship and all of the pushback and all of the things that I got to prove to myself because it's made me who I am. And whoever you want to be is is cool with me as long as it as long as it doesn't harm me or harm the people that I care about. You know what I mean? Right. And it's easy. It's like that it helps you, I feel like, relate to people. Like mm-hmm. I can find common ground with anyone. You know who I don't relate to? Me 20 years ago. Yeah. Like I there's nobody that I don't have less in common with than 2008. Yes. <laughs> Right. Right. So I can always look at it from that perspective of like, what's the common ground? And like you said, if you're comfortable in it, it's like I would offer to to be curious if you're if it's actually comfortable. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. understanding that we confuse comfort with being yeah. familiar. Yeah. Know know what know the poison that you're picking at least. Like let you know, kind of like look out the window, but like also like my parents have always been the first people to uh, kind of like ricochet back to me. I'm like, I don't want the picket fence. I don't want the the simple life. I don't want, you know, like I'm a creative. I do all of these things. Like I want to live. I want to explore. And they're kind of like, but there's also nothing wrong with having like a farm life, having a simple. And it's like, yes, so true. So, so true. However, you want to paint your one life to look you can you can make it look like that. Just know that you have the power and don't let a white man be the one who has boxed you into thinking that this is what you want. Preach. Yes. It's you. Like it ha- if it's connected to you, that's the only thing that matters. You know, we lose sight of that. We've been talking about I've I've been talking mm-hmm. about balance a lot. That's what I'm getting ready to host another retreat and that's one thing that everyone consistently said like I want to learn how to create more balance and I'm like nobody mm-hmm. knows what they mean when they're saying that like we're none of us are gymnasts out here we're not trying to find balance right we are trying to find intention we are trying to find a way to live with purpose that's what yeah. we mean by balance and you can do that genuinely like the retreat center I'm about to go to I was last there in 2017 and uh the owner she's amazing um, I don't know how old they are, probably in their 70s somewhere. Like they still surf every day. She's still actively teaching yoga, like this beautiful, amazing the dream. And she, I walked in, um, I was like walking up the stairs one day and she was sweeping the kitchen. And I said, Hey, can I help you? And she was like, Oh, no, thank you. I'm, I'm connecting. I love connecting with my space. And you could have like knocked me over with a feather. I wanted to look around like, did you hear that? Like to anybody else, like, did you hear that? Did you understand the magnitude of what she just said? I'm connecting you with You mean my I could space. be sweeping my kitchen and do it with the intention of connecting with my space? That completely changes mm-hmm. all of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So it's like, yes, find a way to do that. How can you live with purpose, right? And I think that that's the heart behind being cageless, right? Like living with intention and purpose and in a way that is connected to your personal values. That's when we feel like we're not in balance, right? It's not like creating work-life balance because all of it is your life, first of all. Yeah. But it's about creating that, like when we feel out of balance, it really is an indicator that we are doing something probably because we think we should or we're taking on mm-hmm. roles or responsibilities yes. or something else because we think we should and we're not connected to our own personal values. So it's like that yes. is being cageless. How that picture is painted is completely up to you. Right. It's absolutely up to you. And and I I don't take pride in a lot of things because pride is not a fruit of the spirit, but I do pr- take pride and I I like to think that I I have read a lot of good books and I have learned from a lot of good teachers and Learning about unlearning, one of my favorite teachers, uh, uh, author and pastor of a church in in Portland, or actually, I don't think he's the pastor there anymore. He he's left, but someone that I I deeply I deeply resonate with his teachings and look up to is John Mark Comer, and I think a piece of advice that he's echoed often is my job as a parent isn't to teach my kids. 
is to give them as little unlearning to do as possible. Mm-hmm. And I think as I am as I am learning and growing, I just want to unlearn as much as possible, right? I want to not harm myself or suffer any more than necessary because there is good there is there's friction and iron sharpens iron in terms of suffering. That's also another conversation, but Melissa, as we're closing up, I would love to know what is something that and you know usually the question is what would you tell your younger self but I'm going to reverse I'm going to reverse this one a little bit what do you think your younger self would tell you oh, I am so proud of you like you are the you are the people that I used to look up to like I just thought it made me super emotional. Like (laughs) there Mm -hmm. just that, um, yeah, like, oh my gosh, I didn't, you know, I didn't think we could do it like that kind of, like a kind of like, oh Mm -hmm. my gosh, I, you, how, how'd you do that? Mm. And then she's going to be like, it's all in the way, babe. You'll figure it out. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's okay that you like to learn the hard way. It'll work out. Yeah, it is okay, and and no one's no one's perfect on these balance beams. Uh, but you do such a great job, and and I'm so grateful that you took time to talk to me and and anyone else who's listening out there. Uh, please, I am asking you for the betterment of the world to go follow Melissa, learn from her, watch her, um, listen to her, and and. Yeah, Melissa, can you tell us how we can connect with you online? Oh, first of all, thank you. I appreciate and I'm honored to be in this space and for anyone listening. Uh my all of my social handles are reclaiming Melissa, easy to find. Uh my email is Melissa at reclaiminghealthy.com and my website mm-hmm. is reclaiminghealthy.com. You guys have to utilize these resources, please. Please, I am begging you. Oh, and, and I'm begging you. Yeah, please reach out. It's not like a don't hesitate to reach out. I'm yes, saying, like, please, we are anti gatekeepers. We are. We have. We have all the not all the keys, but I'd like to think that we've we have keys and and we've picked some locks and and figured out some doors. So, Melissa is such a great example of of being of of the growth mindset and and being cageless. So, thank you, Melissa. Thank you for uh for sharing everything that you know. And thank you everyone who's listening today. We will see you next time on Cageless. If you learned anything or enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to rate and review our show. I would love nothing more than to hear your thoughts and topics that you're excited to dig deeper into. Tag me on TikTok, shoot me a message on Instagram. They're linked in the show notes. And don't forget to be kind to yourself today.